Amen. Well, let's take our Bibles this morning and open together, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, as we uh, come to the Word of God today, I, I hope, I pray that your heart is ready. And, you know, I don't, we, don't, we mustn't come to God's Word flippantly. Uh, this is God's Word. Aren't you thankful that you and I have the Word of God? And uh, we have it in, in our heart language. Uh, man, just what an what a honor it is. Consider that God gave us His Word. And I want to live my life for His glory, don't you? And as we look at the landscape of, of society, there is a great need for God's people to rise up and live genuine Christian lives. Is it there? As we look across the landscape of society, one of the, I, we, I observe that one of the greatest needs of the world is for men of God to stand up and live for the Lord. There's a great dearth of male leadership in the world today, isn't there? Uh, we have equivocated and, and forfeited many things that God never intended for us to surrender. And God's desire for you and for me is that we would live our lives for His glory. Men, you and I, uh, whether you like it or not, whether we like it or not, are called of God to be leaders. We're to be leaders in our home. We're to be leaders in our church. The responsibility is a great responsibility, isn't it? And if we're not careful, uh, just don't take this the wrong way. If we're not careful by laziness or complacency, we allow others to, to take the roles that God has called for us to take and maintain. Men and women are not the same. I'm thankful for that. Aren't you? And by no means are we uh, criticizing women or placing a lesser value upon women. But God has, has called for men to stand up and lead. Men, you and I are to lovingly lead. We are to boldly and courageously lead. We're to lead when we want to lead. We're to lead when we don't want to lead. There's never been a time in human history where, where godly men need to stand up and lead. The need has never been greater than it is now. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and, and being deceived. And, and it is imperative that you and I as men pursue the Lord. Every, every year, we title the month of March, Men on the March. It's a neat play on words, isn't it? It's creative. That's, that's my creative prowess on full display. But what is this? What does it mean, Men on the March? Well, really, the, the intention behind it is to strengthen our Christian lives. What is, what is the Christian life? And we've defined it before, but the Christian life is the unending pursuit of Jesus. Men, you and I must, with our hearts, as, as Paul cried, realize that we need the Lord. He said, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain, not as though I'd already 
obtain, either already perfect, by follow after, that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Men, we must pursue a greater devotion to Christ in our lives. You know, we look around the room today, and my wife is, is in the room this morning. She needs me to be a godly man. Uh, two of my boys are in here in, in the congregation this morning, and they need me to be godly men, a godly man. And I pray that one day they will be a godly, that they will be godly men. But I need to lead them to be godly men, to teach others also. Men, I'm not, we mustn't be satisfied with where we are. We mustn't be content with, uh, with the world as it is. I'm, I'm not much of a status quo person. Either you are advancing or you are digressing. And may I tell you that in God's work, in the Christian life, the Lord is always previous and He is always advancing. God does not want us to remain stagnant. God wants us to advance. How many of you have ever been out in the, in the wilderness before? Out in the woods, you know, and you've been out and, you're, and, you, and you grow thirsty. Where do you find refreshing water? Do you find it in a puddle that has been there for who knows how long? You never drink stagnant water. You find that life comes from movement, doesn't it? That, that water, it's cold, it's refreshing, it's crisp. Why? Because it is moving. You don't want to drink something that is just coagulated there on the side of the road. You want something that will bring true life and health. And men, you and I, we, you and I, we have the answer. We have the Word of God. And in our lives, may we not grow complacent. May we not just become stagnant in our Christian lives. But may we move with the Lord. Allowing God's Word to guide us and direct us. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And as we come here to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 this morning, we come to an amazing passage of Scripture. Uh, it is highly practical concerning our Christian lives here and now. And, I, and it never ceases to amaze me how God orchestrates the affairs of this pulpit. Uh, by no means am I taking credit for it. I do not want that. It's not what I mean. But how God has ordered us and brought us to this particular passage for this particular time dealing with, with male leadership. You know, there's, there's a need for male leadership, isn't there? Uh, there's, and, 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 and we lead as we follow the Lord. Uh, but the, the, the need today is that we would recognize the value of something of utmost significance. In chapters 12, 13, and 14, we find, we find a common theme running through all of these chapters. It's, Paul, by the inspiration of God, is, has dealt with spiritual gifts. He's dealt with, with the value of every individual within the body, the local church. 
the unique ministry that we all hold, that we can all accomplish, to, to work uh, in conjunction with the body for the advancement of the gospel. He's, he's talked about love, the word charity, all throughout chapter 13. And in chapter 14, he begins with that again. And if you're able, I invite you to stand with me this morning as we read here in God's Word, beginning in verse number 1, we'll read down through verse number 12 of 1 Corinthians chapter 14. The Bible says this, Follow after charity, and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God, for no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Now, now brethren, if I come unto you speaking with, with tongues, what shall I profit you? Except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. And even things without life, giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sounds, how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to, do, to the battle? So likewise, ye, except ye utter the, by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For ye shall speak into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaketh a barbarian, and he that speaketh shall be a barbarian unto me. Even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. Father, we're thankful for the word of God this morning, and, and Lord, our prayer is that you would give us clarity and understanding concerning the truth that is spoken of here in this passage. Father, our prayer is that we would all be changed and uh, be brought into closer relationship with Christ this morning in deeper fellowship and knowledge of our Savior. Lord, our prayer is that we would grow in grace, but, and also, Father, that the church would be edified. And so, Lord, we pray that you would speak to us today, challenge us from thy word. And Lord, again, if there's anyone here today who knows not Christ as Savior, we pray that today would be the day of their salvation. But God, that your will would also be done in each of our lives here today. And we ask in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. If you're in the habit of marking things in your Bibles, I'd like to draw your attention to a very interesting statement in God's Word. In verse number 10, Paul makes the statement, he says, so many kinds of voices in the world. Would you mark that statement? So many kinds of voices in the world. You know, the, the, the behavior that we are to demonstrate in, our, in the church should first be demonstrated in the home. Yeah. I believe it. That's why I said it. 
we must not be hypocritical. We must be real and genuine, both in and out of the home. You know, we mustn't come to church and put on this, this production or this show of who we want people to believe we are, but rather who we truly are, and that's by the grace of God we become godly men, godly people. But so oftentimes our voices are silenced, aren't they? They're silenced by misbehavior. Our voices are ignored because they clash. There are so many voices in the world today, aren't there? And may I tell you, the voices, the voices of the world are constantly working to lure us astray. The, the voices of the world do not want to help you. They do not want to help me. They do not want to help our children, our families. They do not want to help this church advance for the glory of God. But you have a voice nonetheless. If you have a voice, say, Amen. Amen. You have a voice. Let me ask you a question this morning. How are you using your voice? Sometimes we, are, we grow frustrated, you know, because our voices are not heard. How many of you, when you speak, you, we speak with the intention to be heard, don't we? May I tell you something? I not only speak with the intention to be heard, but I speak also with the intention to be repeated. I want you to take what you hear and be able to tell it to someone else. Share it with others. So oftentimes we grow frustrated because our voices are ignored. How many of you have ever given someone instructions that have, that have not been received? It's frustrating, isn't it? You know, we, we, we raise our children. We, we influence our grandchildren, our families. You are an influence in the workplace, in your neighborhood. Let me ask, how is your voice being received today? There are many voices in the world today. I want people to hear my voice, not because my voice is soothing, but because of the message my voice carries. You and I, we have the answer. The world is a dumpster fire, isn't it? It's awful. It's not getting any better. And we become frustrated, we become overwhelmed, we irritated, and we, we have the answer, but so oftentimes what we say is not necessarily well-received. It's not heard either. The Apostle Paul here in 1 Corinthians 14, is he's addressing many things concerning the church, the practice of the church, and the, and the necessity of, of preaching and edification within the body itself. But, but may I tell you that th these voices of the world, I want my voice to be heard, and I want my voice to glorify and honor Christ. I want my voice to bring, to bring help not to bring harm, not to be a hindrance, but to lead others to victory. I want my voice to make a difference, not to be detrimental uh, to someone else's life. I want my voice, I want my life to lead someone to Jesus Christ, not be a hindrance of them coming to Christ. 
There are many voices in the world today. All of them are vying for attention. All of them are clamoring for our youth. All of them want our children. All of them want to lure us astray and bring us again into the bondage of sin and self. But there is a solution. And you know what? You have the solution today. You and I, we're not defeated. Do you know that? We are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. You and I as Christians, we do not fight for victory. We fight from victory. We are already victorious. And may God help us understand the need for proper speaking today. I wonder how many words we speak on a daily basis. How many how many words we utter. I wonder what the value of those words are. You know, the words so oftentimes there's, there's, there's different levels of communication. There are parts of communication. It's more than just words, isn't it? It's, <laughs> I was in a text message conversation with someone the other day. I was saying things and I was afraid they were going to take him the wrong way. So you know what I included at the end of my text message? An emoji. Don't judge me. A smiley face emoji. Because I wanted them to know that I wasn't mad and, and I didn't want them to take offense to what I was saying. There's verbal communication. You communicate through your mannerisms, through facial expression, through tone and inflection. There is much more to communication than just the words themselves. All of it is important, isn't it? You know, when, when you were growing up, maybe this happened to you, it happened to me quite often. I knew I was in trouble, not because my parents said my name, but because they said my name a certain way. There was, there was, it was discernible, wasn't it? But your voice, your speech is important. Do you want to use your words for the glory of God? God has given you wisdom. He's given you insight. He's given you the answers for life's questions, the solutions for life's problems right here in the pages of His Word. And may God help us use our words the right way. The church in Corinth, they were carnal to the core. They, they misused the Word of God. They abused one another. And as a result, their words were, became useless. Of no profit, of no use. May God help us be of great value. I want you to write down three things this morning. Three words of advice surrounding your speech. And we draw these directly from the passage of Scripture this morning. I want you to write down the first one, is that you and I should speak words of edification. You and I, we should speak words of edification. Even in verse number 12, the Bible says, Even so ye, for as much as ye are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that ye may excel to the edifying of the church. If you look back in verse number 1, the Bible says this, Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. 
But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification. Mark that word edification. And exhortation and comfort. And he that speaketh an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But he that prophesieth, notice, edifieth the church. Mark that statement, edifieth the church. And he says, I would that ye spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Mark that word edifying. Are your words edifying? What does it mean to be edifying? It means to be built up. It means to be strengthened. It means to bring help to someone. You know, even the words spoken with the best intentions may not necessarily be edifying words. You realize that? You and I, we must give great care and consideration to what we say. I want my speech to be edifying. Man, sometimes we're, we're very terse in our speech, aren't we? I struggle with something. You need to pray with me. I struggle with sarcasm. Sometimes I can be too sarcastic. Sometimes in my sarcasm, I can offend somebody. And I don't want that at all. I don't want to hurt anyone. I want to help others. Men, we, we need to use the proper speech. I want you to hold your place here and look with me, if you would, to Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter number 4. We read some instructions surrounding our speech. Listen, as you turn there, listen to what the Bible says in Jude 20. Verse 20 says, But ye, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith. Building up yourselves. Men, whether you like it or not, you're building your home. You, either, you are either building your home or you, or you are tearing it down. You are either building up your wife or you are tearing your wife down. You are either building up your children or you are tearing your children down. While it is fun, while demolition is, is fun at times, I like the demolition part of a home remodeling project. I love tearing stuff up. It's not the same thing. The Bible says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. My prayer is to be a, a co-laborer, laborer together with God. I want my family to be built up, not torn down. Years ago, I, I met a man who did a great work of tearing down his family. Um, this man could not understand why his wife was not affectionate toward him. This man could not understand why his children were, were standoffish. This man didn't understand why, why his children did not respect him. But had he truly listened to the words that came out of his mouth, they would, he would have understood completely. 
Cannot tell you how many times he, he ridiculed and criticized his wife in public, in a public setting. Angered me. How many times he, he overly corrected his children in public to their humiliation and demise. Unfortunately for that man, he's lost his family. Because his words were not words of edification. His words were words of destruction. You know, it is possible to speak the truth in love, don't you? Look what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse number 11. Paul writes here and he's describing the ministry and working of the local church. He says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers, notice, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come and to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men, and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love, notice, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ." from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part making increase of the body under the edifying of itself in love. Church, understand this, that you and I are to use words of edification. Be loving. Jesus was full of grace and truth, wasn't he? You know, Truth without grace is hard to receive. Grace without truth is a waste of time. You and I are to be full of grace and truth. It is important that you and I learn how to communicate biblical truth in love. You know, we are all leading people by nature. Every one of us in here this morning have a sphere of influence, have a circle of influence People you rub shoulders with every day, whether it be at the workplace, in your home, however. And it's important that we learn to speak the truth in love. It's important that we use words of edification, not words of destruction. You see, the church in Corinth, they were a destructive church. They were literally self-destructing. Why? Because they were misusing their words. Now, I believe that, that tongues was, was a literal language. Um... And we can trace that all the way to Acts chapter number 2. However, as we look here, they were, they were trying to, to prove a point or, or to become famous or rather infamous in their church. And by nature, Paul corrected them. And he says, hey, say, hey stop, stop wasting your time. You're, you're, you're saying things that cannot be received. You're speaking things that cannot be understood. If you would just take a step back and understand the value of your words, you would know that everything that is spoken ought to be spoken with the intention of edification. Yeah, 
And, and look back there in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, in verse number 1, he says, follow after charity. What is this charity? Remember from last week, charity is described, it's not defined in, in chapter 13, but it is described in chapter 13. It is, this, it is that word agape in the Greek, and it points to the love of God. It's a divine love. It, you realize that God is love, and God, God loves for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. It's the selflessness of God. It's the sacrificing of God. And this is the love that you and I should demonstrate. And may I tell you, if we are not consumed with love for others, if we're not driven by our love for God, then our words will be without edification. You and I are called of God to edify look what he says. He places an importance here, uh, a value upon the words. He says, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. May I tell you, every one of us here this morning have a gift that God has given to us that we can exercise right here in this local body for the advancement of the gospel. None of us are worthless. All of us are of utmost value to Christ and this body. And he goes on, he writes, but rather that ye may prophesy. What is this prophesying that, that Paul is, is speaking of? Is it this foretelling of future events? No, it's not. The word prophesying means to declare or to foretell truth. Church, do you want to be edifying then you need to be a fourth teller of truth. Tell the truth. Well, what is the truth? Well, Jesus said of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. In John chapter 17, in verse 17, he prayed for you, saying, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Church, edifying words are words of truth. They are biblical words. The greatest lessons you can ever convey to those you love will come from the pages of this blessed old book. You and I, we, you know what? The Lord has, has magnified His Word above His very name. And it's imperative that you and I exalt His Word in our lives. May God's Word fuel our communication. May God's Word direct our communication. May God's Word put a restraint upon our communication at times. He says in verse number 2, he says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Do you want to be understood? I mean, I tell you, when we were in Mexico, it was, it was a struggle. Because people would talk to me, and I wouldn't understand them, and I would talk to them, and they couldn't understand me, and it was of no use. It was frustrating, wasn't it? When we speak, we want to be understood. And he says, how be it in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. You know, see, you know, and even tonight, I want you to come back tonight, we're going to address this again this evening, but if I'm having a conversation alone with myself, how does that help you? 
it makes no, it, it helps you not. The Bible says in verse 3, but he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. God always places primacy upon the preaching of his word. It doesn't matter how long your song service is. It's not, we come, we come, and it's important. We, we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. But you know what? The, the primary reason for coming to church is not to sing. It's not so much to, to fellowship, although it's important that we exhort one another and so much the more as we see the day approaching, we come so that we can hear the word of God. This, this book has primacy. This, this book has the answers. This book has the solutions in a world that minimizes it. May we magnify it. You see, God, God has an intention here. It says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. Paul says, look in verse 5, he says, I would that ye spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. Say, hey, it's, we've, we've placed things upside down order. The church says, hey, listen, this, this great manifestation of my ability, uh, of my performance, this is now taken center stage. Paul says, hey, I don't want you to speak in tongues, but rather that you prophesy. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine. Church, the Lord has, the foolishness of God is wiser than men, isn't it? Look back in Ephesians, in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. It talks of the foolishness of preaching. In verse 21 of 1 Corinthians 1, it says, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. You know what's going on in much of churches and homes today is not of God? Because it's nothing more than the wisdom, the wisdom of man. What we're going to do is we're going to turn down the lights in here and get some really cool laser lights and we're going to blow some smoke off the stage at you. And we're going to rock it out for Jesus. Right? That's the wisdom of the world. You know what Paul says? We'll see that again in chapter number 14. He says he, be, he would be of no use. That stuff is of no use. He says, but after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. In a world that wants to, to minimize the preaching of God's word, to limit the preaching of God's word, to, to change the message, uh, to sing other, to, to replace priorities. Church, understand this. You will not find a more important action in the church than the teaching and preaching of the Bible. And if it's important in the church, let me ask you a question. Is it important in your home? This book of the law, 
shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Moses told the children of Israel that, that obedience to the word of God is key. And how he, he told them that they should talk of them while they walkest by the way, and when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou risest up. You want your church, you want your home to be edified? Then you've got to get the word of God into the home. Men, speak words of edification. Notice secondly this morning, as we look back in chapter 14, we find the second word of advice. Paul, he, he also instructs us to speak words of precision. Speak words of distinction. Look what he says in verse number 6. He says, Now brethren, if, if I come unto you speaking with, with tongues, what shall I profit you? except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. In other words, there is no use if it cannot be understood. The only words that are useful are, are words that can be understood. Words of revelation or knowledge, prophesying or doctrine. In verse number 7 he says, And even things without life giving sound whether pipe or harp, except they give notice a distinction in the sounds. Would you mark that statement in your Bible? A distinction in the sounds. How shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if, a, if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? So likewise ye, except ye utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken, for ye shall speak into the air. You, you and I, we need to practice using words of distinction. Here Paul, he, he writes and he uses this illustration in verse number 8 concerning a trumpet. In, in the word of God, in ancient days, the trumpet was more than an instrument played in an orchestra. Uh, there, there, was, there was a watchman placed upon the walls of the cities. And, and his job was to look out for an enemy advancing. And at the first sign of trouble, he was to take that trumpet, blow into it, giving a distinct sound so that the inhabitants of the city would recognize the danger and prepare themselves to do battle. I want you to look at what the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter number 6. In Jeremiah chapter 6, we see this, we read of this in Jeremiah chapter 6, and then we'll look back at Nehemiah, and we'll see what Nehemiah did in his day as they prepared and, and constructed the wall of Jerusalem. But the Bible says this, in Jeremiah chapter 6, in verse number 17, he says, Also I set watchmen over you. Husbands, do you know what you are? Fathers, do you know what you are? You are the watchman of your family. I'm the watchman of my family. 
And as the pastor of this church by nature, I am the watchman of this church. And I pray that from my voice and from this pulpit, there's always a sound of great distinction. There's a world that wants to make everything equal. That they want all the, the words spoken to, be, to come into this great synthesis of thought and agreement. But now more than ever, there needs to be distinct sounds coming from our mouths. He says, also, I set watchmen over you, saying, hearken to the sound of the trumpet. But they said, we will not hearken. You see, there's, there's dangers that lurk, isn't there? And either you will listen for the distinct sound of the trumpet, or you will turn your head away. You may call me rigid, and I'm okay with that. Because I know I'm the watchman, and I give account to God for what takes place here. Our children may not always agree with what we allow or what we disallow, but we're accountable to God. And I pray that my voice will always carry that distinct sound. Turn to Nehemiah chapter number 4, please. Nehemiah chapter number 4. We read how Nehemiah, they, they were facing some intense opposition as they rebuilt the wall of Jerusalem. Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem the Arabian, they had all come and they were all trying to cause the work of God to cease. And, and may I tell you that there are adversaries to your life. There is an opponent to your Christian life. You know who he is? He's the devil. The Bible says to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. We, there, there are, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. The Bible tells us that we wrestle against spiritual wickedness in high places, and that, that you and I must be ready to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand... Put on there for the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. Church, know this, that, that you and I must listen for the sound of the trumpet. Listen for the distinct sound. Look what the Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 17. He says, They which builded on the wall, and they that bear burdens with those that laid it, every, every one with one of his hands wrought in the work, and with the other held a weapon. <laughs> Had a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other. The Bible says in verse 18, For the builders, everyone, had his sword girded by his side, and, and so builded. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. And I said in verse number 19, Unto the nobles, and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, the work is great and large, and we are separated upon the wall, one far from another. In what place, therefore, ye hear the sound of the trumpet, resort ye hither unto us, 
our God shall fight for us. Listen for the sound of the trumpet so you can prepare yourself for the battle. Look back in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 8. He says, For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? What is the certain sound that you're looking for or that you're listening for today? This is the sound for which we listen. It's the Word of God. It's the voice of our Lord. You know, in the New Testament, there's a trumpet. Yes, there is. Aren't you thankful? Yes, sir. Who is, or what is the trumpet? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He has the voice of the trumpet. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 9, the Bible says, I, John who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. It says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. <laughs> the voice of our Lord. One day our Savior will return. First Thessalonians 4.16 says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first you know what we need to do man I, I want my words to be distinct and there's a common theme here in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 edifying words are biblical words do you know what distinct words are they're biblical words. There are many voices in the world. But there's only one voice that truly matters. It's the voice of our Lord. Do you know where your safety comes? Comes from this book. You know where your answers come from? This book. Uh, the solutions this book wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way but by taking heed thereto according to thy word so much of our problems today men revolve around the absence of God's word from our life you want to be a spiritual man I want to be a spiritual man oh yeah then I need to be a scriptural man notice the final lesson we see back in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, is that you and I must also speak words of signification. You say, what? What is signification? Look what he says in verse number 10. He says, there are, it may, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification. Mark that word, signification. What is signification? The word signification means one speaking to another, conveying truth using signs or gestures. <laughs> you know what it's speaking of? It's speaking of your influence. Simon, come here. 
sitting in the front row, you're dangerous. I want you to put this right over there. No, I want you to put it right over there. I want you to put it right over there. See, I'm trying, I'm instructing him. I'm telling, it to, I'm telling him to do something with this water bottle. Do you know what I'm even asking you to do? Why? I'm not showing you. I want you to put, put that bottle right here. Words of signification. Now I want you to, to put that bottle right here on that corner. Thank you. Do you see the importance of instruction? Words of signification. Your life, my life, what we speak, what we show, what we demonstrate is of utmost value, isn't it? I want my children to live right. Show them. I want my children to live for God. I want them to serve the Lord. Show them. I want my children to love the things that God loves. I I want my children to love coming to church. I want my children to be faithful reading their Bible, to be faithful praying. Show them. We must demonstrate. Do you know what this is? This is this is influence. It's discipleship. And it's the Christian life. This is how it operates. Look as we close here this morning. I want you to turn to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter number 2. It says, In the things, in verse number 2, that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Look in chapter 4. 2 Timothy, actually chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 14. It says, But continue thou the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Do you know what you are? You're a teacher. May God help us be teachers of good things. It's one thing to say. But it's another thing to demonstrate it. There are words of demonstration. Have you ever heard the statement, do as I say, not as I do? Good luck. That's not how the world operates. There are many voices in the, word to, in the world today. Many voices. Do not allow the world, the flesh, or the devil to silence your voice. Don't allow them to minimize your voice. Don't allow them to discredit your voice. Instead, speak words of edification. Speak words of distinction. Speak words of signification. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed,